Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is One Hate Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me Give me all you got! Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and this week for the 25th minute of Michael Mann's 1995 Chrono Heat. I'm joined by Shane A. Bassett. He is a print and radio film and book critic and writing on things such as sydneyunleashed.com. Um, he's on 2GOFM in, if you're in Australia and if you're in northern, um, north of Sydney, um, you'll hear him on 2GOFM. And he's also on the Movie House Memories Podcast Network. Shane is also a red carpet and interviewer extraordinaire, and that's how I've met him. And after many conversations, um, uh, running and bumping into each other at these sorts of things, the conversation invariably comes up, let's talk about Michael Mann's movie Heat. And so that is why I've asked Shane to come and join me and have a chat about a couple of minutes. Shane, welcome to One Heat Minute. Thank you very much, Blake. It only took you 24 minutes to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and we're we're flying through them. That is only 12 weeks on this crazy project. What if I go up to three podcasts a week? I think I might might, might be blazing a trail back to the future style. Mate, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, to be honest, uh, it's a great pleasure to be here, be asked. I've been listening intently, loving what you do. So to be part of it, and as you say, we've talked about heat and Michael Mann so many times in the past. People the must years. just think I interrupt normal <laughs> conversations about anything and just say, come on, we need to talk about heat. We have, this conversation has been too uh, cordial um, about nothing. Let's talk about heat. That's that's it. And we both have long histories with the film. I mean, it's brilliant. I've liked it since the day I saw it. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So, folks, we are, as I said, we're at the precipice of the 25th minute of heat. Um, you would have heard in the previous episode with Mr. Cam Williams, we got to this moment. We've got Vincent Hanna coming home after getting the bad news that um, even though Chris Chihelis, um is just a child growing up, as Ashley Judd said, um, he does know how to buy some cheap charges that are hard to track. So uh, Vincent is holding <laughs> a... A bottle of Jack Daniels, a chicken leg, and is wandering over to his table to sit down. And that is where we join. So we're going to watch that minute. Uh, Shane and I, now you guys are going to listen along and then we'll come back and we'll unpack it together. Are you all right? What happened? Where you been? Work. Lauren's dad show up? Didn't call, didn't show. We waited for you till 10.30. Now, does this guy have any idea what's going on with this kid? I don't know. Fucking 
jerk. Aren't she okay? She's been in her room all day. So no, she's not okay. Neither am I. Uh, I made dinner for us four hours ago. Um, every time I try to maintain a consistent mood between us, you withdraw. I got three dead bodies on a sidewalk off Venice Boulevard, Justine. I'm sorry if the goddamn chicken got... I'm hey, sorry yeah. that the goddamn chicken didn't that get... Stick. That drum... I didn't even see it at first. I forgot about his dinner. Um, <laughs> that's, that's incredible watching it again together because there's not a lot happening, but it's very... So not only intense, but jittery as well. Yeah, and it's also, you know, I think this is the what I'm loving about this podcast is, um, and sometimes it's it's watching this scene and comparing their attitudes. So if you just have a look at, like, earlier in the film, he's asking Justine about Lauren's dad, you know, Natalie yeah. Portman's dad, and he's he seems really genuinely interested. And in that scene, Justine couldn't seem less interested. You know, she's just taken, you know, she's just, just had some lovely, you know, morning um, coitus and is completely disinterested in (laughs) anything else. And in this moment, she's, she wants to engage with him and he's kind of clueless about it. And even all the more in like, if you look at like 24 minutes, 21 seconds, there's this great frame of like Vincent with a reasonable glass of Jack Daniels, just neat, no, no ice, nothing with a chicken leg without a plate on a table and his gun, <laughs> his gun, his Beretta sort of, um, with a sort of fancy, um, you know, plate on the side hanging sort of leisurely out. And he's asking questions about Lauren and, it seems in this moment, it's not about concern here. It's like deflecting. It's like deflecting the situation. So it's really interesting to watch um, how how this guy's day changes his attitude towards home life. Yeah, it's definitely deflecting because he did show genuine concern earlier on. Mm. So it's like a contrast of what's happening. And if you look on the table, there's a candle unlit candle there's a salt and pepper shaker yeah and they're like there's a little uh tablecloth it's all set up so she was ready to spend some quality time with vincent and that just hasn't happened so that it describes the way she's feeling without she did probably wouldn't even have to say anything she could have walked down the steps and just stood there but the effect of her saying something to him has just made him react uh negatively in the sense now he's going to talk about his job and what he's dealing with and forgetting about everything else. As you say, deflecting. Yeah, and she comes down the stairs. There's this great sort of look on Diane Venora's face when she comes down the stairs. Like, she looks genuinely concerned. She comes oh, down those stairs sure. and and it's engaged and she's like, she peeks around the corner, sort of only two seconds into this minute, and there's concern. It's like, oh, like, you know, are you okay? And She's been tapping her foot upstairs, <laughs> oh. waiting, panicking, yeah. maybe. You know, she should probably be used to what his job is like and getting home at different hours and that. But maybe she just thought, no, nah, it's going to be different tonight. And yeah. that's that's the effect of it, her running down the stairs almost. Isn't that tragic, though? Like, tonight's going to... Like, just that thought that you just put in my head, like, tonight's going to be different. Like, she knows what this guy's about. It's pretty yeah. clear that she knows what he's about. And as the film unfolds, you know, this is just another, I think this is like another one of those 
nail in the coffin sort of um, great home life scenes that there's not a lot happening but it's very intense and it tells you so much it conveys so much information about the characters and later on that you know that absolutely brilliant john voight nate line which is like three marriages i think this oh, guy yeah. likes staying at home and so this is just that moment which is he's coming at home and you know forget food He's not interested in dinner. He's taking a token chicken leg. It's almost like the, the chicken leg is is the excuse. Oh no, I've the thought about eating. Chicken leg's a prop. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've thought about eating, but you know, I thought about. Sounds it. like you're choking on a chicken uh, leg right I'm, now. I'm about to. <laughs> I'm cho- <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm choking on laughing at Al Pacino, just like taking a token chicken leg. Look, I'm eating something with this thick glass of Jack Daniels. Like I'm allowed to have this um, right now, but he's showing a little bit of sympathy. He, he understands, but then what's superseding that is then not, a bl- I mean, as far as Al Pacino is concerned, this isn't a pure blast, but he sort of busts out a little bit louder saying, well, this is what I'm dealing with. And she just stands there and takes it, you know, like I said, I think upstairs that whole four hours late, she mentioned he is, she's, kind of been hoping that it wasn't all going to happen again and it's crumbled in that matter of seconds it's crumbled since he got home and she's on she's on his timetable to a certain extent right so you know when he wants to be passionate in the morning she's you know she's trying to be this you know this great wife she's in and you know she's medicating to be the mother and still you know living in her ex-husband's house and um and she's so strong here she's so strong but in the morning in those opening scenes, unlike Ashley Judd as Charlene Chahelis, who I, I would say is like probably the fiercest and strongest ca- female yeah. character in the film, um, Diane Venora does such a great job of like having this underlying vulnerability and unpredictability, but she's trying to be strong here. Look at everything about her posture. She's even got that Superman sort of hands on her hips strength you know, sort of the, alpha posture. The posture, and she's dressed in black. Yes. She means, means business. Yeah. The right. short hair, the, the, the her eyes, her wide eyes that would basically don't blink looking at him. Um, she means business. And 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 also she's like, in, 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 in not so many words, she's like, you've got to engage, give me something. You know, yeah. you're, and, and she's literally saying you're withdrawn, but... You, you can see that in Pacino's that strange, there's this strange like second in this minute where he walks out of that kitchen, he looks upstairs and it's almost like he knows that she's probably awake. Oh yeah. And he knows I'm going to have to go and engage with her. And he doesn't in his brain after that day, he doesn't have the energy and it's almost like he doesn't even want to admit it to himself that he doesn't have that. He doesn't have the time for it. He doesn't have the time for this minute to happen this exchange, this late night exchange. He doesn't, he's not interested. Um, the whiskey bottle's got his name all over it. <laughs> it doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it? That Jack Daniels. <laughs> and, and look uh, at the way it's lit. I mean, the blacks and the greens, it's mm. really well done. How, and it's no big swinging camera angles. They're just short, sharp edits. Yes. And it, it, it also, um, what I'm noticing a lot is man playing with power dynamics you know um presumptions of power so in the previous scene 
you know, in 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 previous scenes that we've just seen with Chris and Charlie Hill, it's like Chris is the manic one. The camera's moving all over the place with Chris, yeah. and he's running through that house. He's it's very manic. And in this house, the camera is much calmer. It's much more stationary. It's static. And Justine is trying to exert the power in the scene. She's trying to be the one that's sort of saying, you know, I'm I'm taking control of my home life. And 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 Vincent's just sort of going, you know punctuating that with a complete you know bombshell you know i'm dealing with dead bodies right now i'm doing this but i love how you said on the right hand side of vincent is a, bl- a beautiful you know we've just se- you can see it as throughout the minute beautiful tablecloth that's been set up for a family to have dinner and then that's on, it. and on the left hand side you know very typically is like his single serve tv like this little tiny crappy tv with his remote, little remote. and he's and his and his whiskey there he's jack um, and, and he's just ready. That, that's that's his life. That's his unwind time. He's ready to just sit there. He doesn't even need a plate for what he's got. This is what he's doing. Oh man! I, I, and the goddamn and chicken no, legs. No, notice he's not. He hasn't got a fist, or he's not pointing. His hand was open until yes. he picks up the chicken leg, and then <laughs> so he's not really trying to beat her up or anything like to say, no. right, just go away. He's just sort of open the hand like whatever. And then the only time he absolutely clutches is when he grabs that drumstick. Yeah. The drumstick. stick. Yeah. You know, you know what I love about this scene too, Shane, is that later on people talk about the Pacino, you know, because this is around sort of Center of a this is around Center of a Woman Devil's Advocate time where he did yep. some quite bombastic performances and there's a lot of folks who are like, Oh, that's where he kind of loses it and you know, this is peak Pacino and De Niro and then they both kind of spiral out of control or whatever the case may be. But one of the things I love about this is you're starting to get a sense of what I feel is like a physical toll. Like you would know it with yourself when you have to be on and then what, and when you can be off, you know, even in, and everyone has it in all of their jobs, you know, when you have to interact with someone, but like particularly if you're under pressure, you're in the limelight, you're in that moment. And then in quiet moments, um, you know, people are deflated and like you see him in upcoming scenes with Tarina, he's like hyper aggressive and, and you see him with Hank Azaria's character, um, later on Alan Marciano, you see that hyper aggression. Is it any wonder that the guy just like is in this very uber relaxed, almost slow-mo state when he gets home? Because he's like, he's, he's, his brain must be going a million miles a minute to maintain that level of focus. Um, yeah. um as well as, Again, he's not like he's not as Spartan as Neil. Neil has kind of shed the necessity to even pretend that he's going to have a family. Um, well, whereas De Niro, uh, sorry, Pacino rather, as Vincent is in, in a bit more of denial about that. Pacino, the actor, is a little bit like Vincent, the character. They're adapting to the situation. Mm. So Pacino does that with comedy. He does it with drama, whatever it might be. He'll go with it, but then the old Pacino comes out. Yes. You know, it, Based nine nine times out of ten, whereas Vincent, he shows a little bit of um, different attitude and adapts to the different people that he's got around him. Somehow, in the back of my head, I actually think that he thinks that maybe Lauren's awake upstairs listening to her mum, a little bit upset. So he doesn't want to just blow up and go off there and then because you know Lauren Natalie Portman would be listening upstairs and wouldn't want to upset her. That's a really interesting point. I hadn't even considered that she'd be awake but if she was an upset teen no but really like this is it's much the same way that um 
the entire dynamic of the Charlene and Chris scene in the previous minute changes yep. with the baby cry, um, which Cam so aptly pointed out in the previous minutes. But you're talking about here is that presumption, like you're in a family home. You know, you have to, you can't just yell at each other. He's aware at least that he can't just like go, God damn it, Justine, what are you, what are you grinding my gears about four hours late? I just had three dead bodies on a sidewalk. Like I'm a lead detective in LA. You know what you got yourself into. He's really calm for the most yeah. part. How's Lauren? How's... For the most part he is. And I've got that feeling that he just knows that he doesn't want to blow up. He's going to wait, either wake her up or if Lauren is awake, which I suspect she might be, mm. uh, he'll get her upset. And you can tell earlier on in the movie, he does have an affection towards her. He's worried about her dad actually bailing on her again. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's how I presume what's happening upstairs, what we don't see. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in looking at the, the tones as well of what you said as well, the greens, the really earthy colors here, because this is a really hyper glass and, uh, and concrete home. And there's a yeah. lot of real, uh, you know, silver. Well, there's that um, one and... shot of the back of Vincent's head and then on the right is the, the glass. Yes. Wall. Yeah, the glass wall, walls he comes through. Squared. Yeah, and, and he, Very good. Of, he comes out and, and then you've got the green, this luscious, you know, this nice green and earthen, earthen tones. And they're a really interesting contrast because so much of this movie is blue. So much of it is that electric yeah. man, you know, characteristic blue yeah. as well as, um, you know, this is a you know, uh, an out of time Los Angeles, as much as it's really time specific, it's an out of time Los Angeles. Cause it's so, you know, so much concrete, so much industry, so much sort yeah. of metal. Um, so it's this really sort of interesting, um, uh, contrast. And I love that Michael Mem blue, as you say, but you know, the greens here maybe represent life. Yes. And at the, at the moment, this present moment, their relationship is not full of life. <laughs> no. You know, and they're wearing black. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're both very black, both very dark, and both very business, right? Yeah, there's no, there's nothing relaxed. In both these home scenes, they're yep. not relaxed. There's not people wearing casual clothes yet. You know, you saw Justine early in the morning wearing a robe, and that's a little bit more of the family orientated, but it's almost like she's wearing a uniform, as you said. She's wearing a uniform in preparation for this conversation. This Thanks. is going to go down because I'm pissed off. You know, some, you know <laughs> some, something... Something is frustrated, you know, something is frustrating and, and we need to, you know, we need to have this out. Um, and, and, and I think that you're right there. It's like the uniform, the posture, everything, it's about to have it out. But that's such a great touch. Is Lauren awake? He's aware. And, of and Diana Lavenora, she's, she's holding her own too. Like she's obviously not as well known as what um, Al Pacino is. No. But she's a good actress and she's A fantastic actress. And yeah. she goes like she she and Pacino are the constants that go from Heat to the Insider, which is like probably you know, of two of the two of the best films in the whole nineties. You know, she she walks into that film as well. So, um, um, playing um, Russell Crowe, Jeffrey Wigand's partner in the film, a phenomenal actor, Diane Venora. If you if you get a chance to see her, she's around in. I think more recently she was in one of the American Horror Stories. I'm not as familiar, folks. Um, are you can do a bit of um. IMDBing um, and Googling. But yeah, for me, you know, Diane Venora is um, in, in that one, two double in the nineties is as good an, a female actor as you get really. Um, and in this film, she's fantastic. You know, she's got such an interesting and, uh, and, and dynamic role, um, which, you know, for, for the amount of screen time she gets. I always remember her as a Capulet in Romeo oh, and Juliet. 
ba- she was in Baz Luhrmann's Baz version. Baz Luhrmann's Capulet, yep, okay. Yeah, that's she good. was a Capulet in that. There, and there you go. Very similar look um, and the, the short hair and just the, the style. She's a really good actress that doesn't have to say much if she doesn't have to. And she's no. proving that in this scene with, like I mentioned earlier, the eyes just looking, hardly blinking, taking it all in, then talking, not going over the top of what Vincent's got to say either. And, yeah, it's it's all a regimented uh, conversation, but it's so well constructed. And I, I never thought, but it does change the entire dynamic when you think of two parents who are just on the edge of knowing, I cannot have a fight with a teen in the house who's already upset. Because that, yeah. that, that actually helps influence how her performance is unfolding because she could be ripping into him as well. So there's that, there's both levels, you know, she's like, I'm trying to keep a consistent momentum with us and then you're withdrawing and, and she's trying to be very objective and calm about it, but it's so loaded. I love when you know, someone's being calm, you know, like, and, and that's, what's great about that man performance. There's a couple of like, you know, some layers there, which is someone's really trying hard to be calm. And you know that in their, in their waters, they just want to be ripping someone to shreds, but they're just being very calm and collected. And, and for whatever reason in the scene, it may be Lauren, it may be the not time of night. It might be the way that she knows how to approach Vincent. But I love thinking about all those possibilities and probably all those things. Cause man is pretty fastidious as um, setting these characters up to sort of shine. I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't escalate, you know, that the drumstick could have gone flying. <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, that, and that's something you see in a lot of movies. Whereas you don't see that controlled situation that's no. maybe on boiling point or simmering and there's a reason why it's not. And that, that was just always my reason that, you know, Lauren's upstairs. Yeah, I think also they can't afford in this, for, for Vincent, um, you know, what's great about this film is how fair-handed it is with these two professional guides on both sides of the law. You don't really love or loathe any of them, you, they don't really do anything that you no. find deplorable on either side other than Wayne Grow because he's the ring-in. Um, but uh, I think, um, you know, uh, Kilmer's impulsive and he smashes a frame, but he doesn't touch his wife. Um, and he's ready to, you know, tell Charlene to leave and take all the money and do everything, but don't take my son. Um, and so, yeah, it's that really, you know, there's that... Um, there's that real struggle with professionalism and family. And I think that, yeah, I, I think Vincent here, it's, you know, you, you don't want to hate Vincent. You want to love him and you kind of do love him. And so you definitely don't. Yeah. I think they played it just right to just, you know, hold a chicken leg up. Uh, heat has so many layers. It covers family issues. It covers friendship. It covers past and present relationships, as well as what the impact of what one thing happens to another person, you know, good and bad. And, it's just it all it's all linked in some way uh, amazing and that's obviously how al pacino and robert de niro's characters get together a little bit later on in the film which is was always the big talking point when this movie got released absolutely they they are very similar men just from different sides of the law and i know that's basically the point and sort of the point of a lot of the film but they are the same man and you're just watching two different actors at the top of their game doing it well, on that note, Shane, I would love you because I've I've got Al Pacino here frozen, <laughs> waving a chicken leg around. I can't I can't let you just leave after this. I want to see what happens to this chicken leg um, with you. Um, would you like to come back for one more episode of One Heat Minute? 
You have got me for the next one, Blake. I'd love to, mate. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Excellent. Guys, thank you so much uh, for listening to another episode of One Heat Minute. I have been Blake Howard. My guest today is Shane A. Bassett. If you want to find him on the Twitters, that's probably the best place to find him. It's at movie underscore analyst. Um, you can find him there, and that'll link you off onto all these other things, um, as we discussed in the beginning of the podcast. Thank you so much to Garth Franklin for our web design. Thank you to Paul Davies for our music. And thank you guys so much for listening. So please subscribe, rate, and review One Heat Minute. And if you want to email us if there are any cool articles, or if there's any um, guests um, who are listening who you would love to come on and chat to us, it's mail at oneheatminute.com if you want to flip us an email and we will catch up with you. But Shane, thank you so much and we'll chat to you guys soon. Bye, mate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.